MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try out a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Detroit CityCast with Dan Leach, presented by BetRivers. What's going on, fine citizens? Welcome into the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast jam-packed show for you. My great friend and the best in the business, Lions beat writer for the Free Press, Dave Burkett, will join us in just a bit to take a look back at the Lions 2021 season and what the future will hold. And my fine and fabled producer, Stephen Jung, with the outsider's objective perspective, being outside of Detroit and being in Chicago as a Bears fan, how he sees the Lions, what happened with them in 2021, Dan Campbell, all the little you know funs and fights that me and Steven have off the air as well. We'll get his perspective and always looking forward to that for my man, Steven Jung. Let's start with a trip to the Motown betting window presented to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. We got one local game in action tonight and it's the Detroit Red Wings back on the ice after that West Coast trip. Uh, they actually are hosting a team from the West Coast, but at uh, Little Caesars Arena, and you look at the Red Wings, uh, a team that really obviously has had some, you know, injury concerns and COVID stuff, and Larkin's been in and out, and, you know, didn't have the greatest of West Coast trips. They did lose in overtime to San Jose. They lost in a shootout to Anaheim. So it's not like they're, they're playing bad hockey, but boy, could they use a win. And they face off against the Weenie Peg Jets. I know I gave you the wings, a small half unit play against the Sharks, and boy, what can you do when you lose uh, early in an overtime situation? But tonight, you're playing a shark, uh, a Winnipeg team that, you know, they've been kind of up and down as of late as well. The line right now at Bet Rivers is the Winnipeg Jets on the money line, minus 115, and the Wings getting even money. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets come in 16, 12, and 1. The Wings 16, 16, and 5, both uh, in the bottom, or in six or worse, fifth or worse, excuse me, in their uh, divisions. Uh, the, the Jets are sixth in the Central, and the Wings are fifth in the Atlantic. And the, the trouble with the Detroit Red Wings right now is just when you look at what they've done in their last 10, they're just 3, 5, and 2, and they've lost three in a row. The puck line right now for the Jets, minus 1.5, plus 195, Wings plus 1.5, uh, minus 240 in the total six over minus 103. There's been some movement on the under. The under six is minus 117. No play for me on that uh, for you tonight. I hope we you get a Red Wings win and get them back on the winning track. Uh, but no play on the Wings and Jets at Little Caesars Arena 730 puck drop in downtown Detroit. Uh, Michigan State with a nice win last night uh, in Minnesota. The Spartans continue to impress. And of course, the Wolverines have had a bunch of games uh, postponed because of COVID concerns. Uh, Michigan's supposed to play on Friday, tomorrow night uh, at Illinois. Hopefully that game doesn't get uh, postponed. And then Michigan State will play host Northwestern at noon on Saturday. Uh, the Spartans with just, just a great early part of this season. They continue to rack up the wins and play some great basketball. And, you know, Michigan was a top five ranked team in the, in the preseason polls. And they have completely fallen out. Michigan State's top ten in the country right now. And at 14-2, and two, you know, Michigan Wolverines is 7-6 and six right now, ninth in the Big Ten. And they face a top-20 team 
uh, in Illinois. They're at rank number 25. They're 12 and 3 and second in the Big Ten for that game tomorrow night at 9 Eastern. Let's take a look at the NFL Super Wild Card weekend lines. We're going to pick all these games coming up on the Football Friday show. No real movement on the Bengals Raiders line. Remember that early in the week it was 6.5, and, and then went right down to 5.5, and, and it's been there for the, the last part of this, you know, three or four days. Bengals minus 5.5 right now at Bet Rivers. Uh, minus 110 on both sides. Money line Cincinnati. Minus 225. Raiders plus 195 on the comeback. And the total, 49. The over minus 109. The under is minus 112. And then the nightcap on Saturday, little AFC divisional action. This line's been sticking uh, at four the whole week as well. And there's even action on both teams. There's more money on the Bills. There's more tickets on the Patriots. Uh, the Bills minus four, minus 109. Patriots plus four, minus 112. Bills money line minus 200. Patriots on the comeback plus 175. And the total 44 over minus 112. And the under minus 109 right now at Bet Rivers. And Sunday action. And don't forget, we got Monday action for the first time ever. Uh, right now, you've got the Eagles and Buccaneers lifting off on Sunday at 1. This line was up to 9.5. It's now down to 8.5 the last couple of days. Bucks minus 8.5. Both sides up minus 110. Money line. Tampa Brady is minus 375, Eagles plus 310, and the total 45.5 over minus 109. The under, as we get in some play, uh, a little more juice on the under right now at minus 112. Might see that go down to as low as 45 or 44.5 by game time, uh, as obviously weather not a factor in Tampa Bay. The Niners and Cowboys, this is my favorite game of the week, and I told you to take it to three. Uh, it's now up to three and a half for the Cowboys. Even money. You still can buy that down and spend a little juice. But I, I, I'm a big big proponent of the Cowboys. When I went out with Stormy on my guys in the desert a couple days ago at VEASAN, her you know, love and favorite team is the Niners. And she's like, give me your biggest play of the week. And I said, the Dallas Cowboys. She's like, oh, great. His, his biggest play of the week is uh, going to break my heart. But yeah, I still like the Cowboys. I buy it down to three, though, because three and seven, of course, key numbers in college and pro football. Niners plus three and a half, minus 120. Moneyline Cowboys, minus 162. Uh, the Niners plus 140. The total 51 over, minus 108 right now. Bet Rivers, the under, minus 113. And don't forget the Cowboys, 13 and five against the spread. Best team in the NFL against the number all season long. Steelers, Chiefs, the biggest spread of wild Super Wild Card Weekend. That's an 8-15 game on Sunday night. Gotta love a night game on a Sunday night for playoffs. Never really has happened in the past. And now we've got a game on Sunday night and Monday night. It's still 12.5 for the Chiefs. Uh, this is a very dangerous game. It seems like a lot of points, but I could totally see Kansas City winning this game by you know 20 or more. We'll officially pick this game, uh, as I mentioned, on the Football Friday show. Right now, it's Chiefs minus 12.5 and, and Mount Rivers minus 112. Not much movement on, on either side of this game all week long. Steelers plus 12 minus 109. Chiefs minus seven, uh, 670 on the money line. Steelers plus 525 in the total. 46.5 over minus 112 under minus 109. And then Monday night football, Super Wild Card weekend, Monday Night Football. It's an NFC West division matchup. One of the two all-division matchups we have along with the Bills and the Patriots. Rams minus four right now at Bet Rivers. Both sides minus 110 against the Cardinals. Moneyline Rams minus 195. Cardinals on the comeback plus 170. And the total 49.5 over minus 113 and under minus 108. I told you when it was around 49, 48.5 that I, I like the over. We might see this get to 50. Uh, I definitely have a, a small play on the over. I'm not a huge totals guy, as you know, but you know, totals definitely are worthy of betting in certain situations, but I do like the over in this game. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game between these two uh, teams that know each other so well and have played each other already twice this season. So right now, a little more uh, action on the over, and right at Bet Rivers, it's 49.5, over minus 113, and the under uh, minus 108. That's a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers, and we're going to talk with my man Dave Burkett, Lions beat writer, for the free press coming right up. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. And here he is. There is no one better. There's other good people, but there's no one better 
And then Dave Burkett, Lions beat writer for the Free Press. Uh, Dave, it's always great to see you. And what a, what an interesting, intriguing year this is, must have been for you to cover a Detroit Lions team that for three years under Matt Patricia was a total mollywop fest. And now maybe, and obviously I'm excited to talk to you about this, but maybe there are signs of hope that this team and this franchise can finally put something together that says we're winners, possibly. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, a long way to go when you're three thirteen and one, obviously. But um, I think you know the, and, and you know a lot of Lions fans. The the bulk of those people feel good about the direction of the franchise, and and I think that's you know rightfully so. I mean, Dean Campbell has done some good things, um, you know, to sort of position this organization and Brad Holmes too to sort of position this organization where they need to be. Um, they still need an influx of talent on both sides of the ball, but the way they played late in the season and the things that Dan did to galvanize the locker room, I think, you know, when they were losing and when they weren't playing well, I think that, you know, th- there could be some long-term carryover from that. Dave, uh, you've covered a lot of different coaches, and I mentioned Matt Patricia, and that was that was interesting in its own right. But w- what are your thoughts on Dan Campbell? I know that, you know, uh, and I'll get into this approval poll thing that I've been doing every week, and I'll see what you think about the numbers. But I know that it's going to take longer than one year with a lack of talent and lack of depth and tons of injuries to, you know, definitely identify if Dan Campbell could be a good coach. But what was your impression of covering him this first year? Yeah, I thought he did a good job. I mean, um, look, the the biggest thing I think the Lions had, you know, when you're coaching in the NFL, you know how to coach, and you know X's and O's for the most part, right? But there just wasn't that respect in the locker room for the last regime, frankly. And, you know, that was there this year. And, and you know, part of it, new year, new people, um, you know, everyone is sort of, you know, excited, rejuvenated by a, by a change. Um, and, and that certainly was the case. But again, I, I, the big thing to me is, you know, they, they lost a lot of games, right? They start 0-8. They didn't win a game till December. They finished with the, the fewest losses or tied for the fewest losses in the NFL. But you never saw the effort wane. And you never saw, you never heard some of the talk that you did in past seasons where, um, people had tuned out the coach. And, and so, you know, again, I think that's a credit to Dan. I think that's a credit to Brad Holmes, too, for the roster they built, the type of player that they brought in. There's a lot of young guys here, guys that, you know, were, were scrapping for time and, and frankly, for a role in the, the future, you know, in their, their NFL career. But, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot to like about what Dan did in Detroit. Yeah, and I, I mentioned, I, I did. I started early in the season, I would do a, a weekly approval poll rating, and we know how fans can get, but, you know, when you get a, a pretty good sample size, you can see where people are going, and I know after, uh, you know, the Rams game, it was in the 80 percentile, and then, of course, when the Lions lost to Chicago on, on Thanksgiving, it went down to, like, the 30s, but then after the Minnesota win and towards the end of the season, it was, you know, in the, in the 80s, and, and then the last week of the year, I did, like, kind of the season recap, and people said 87 percent approval. Are, are people being crazy being because a lot of the responses you would say how can you say a coach is a, you know approve of a coach in 313 and one and, and, but it's more this year to me at least and I don't know how you feel about this was not about wins and losses it was about identifying players and identifying what you can do to become a better coach are, are fans being nuts by being in the 87 percentile for approval for a guy that went 313 and one no I don't think so because you know that that doesn't mean that you think he's going to win a Super Bowl next year or three years from now or whatever. And, and you're right. You know, if you go back to everything that was said about this Lions team from the start of the season, you know, no one was no one expected much of, of this team. And, and so no one was going to base the progress of, of this team on wins and losses and what happened on the field. The, the progress progress was really, you know, about laying the foundation and finishing some of that foundational work so that when they come back in 2022, you know, they can be competitive and they can be a team that I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs next year. But when you look at the roster, when you look at what's coming back, when you look at the, you know, the resources they have to improve their team this offseason, you can certainly look at that and say next year is going to be a different year. Um, and so I, I think that's why a lot of people are optimistic about where the Lions are. Sure. And before we talk about 2022 and what could happen in the draft, I just wanted to get your, your feelings on, on this season. And what surprised you the most? I mean, I know Amon Ross St. Brown, one of those players for sure, that was you know just a revelation later in the season. But what was the biggest surprise for you? Whether it was a player group, you know, itself or you know position grouping, and what do you think was the biggest issue the Lions had all year? Well, you know, the the surprises you, you mentioned St. Brown. I mean, he certainly um, that last six games was I think better than anyone could have anticipated. And I, and I you know, I, I was high on him coming into the year. I thought he might lead the Lions and catches or be up there. You know, I, I thought he'd be behind Hawkinson and, and Swift. Um, and they weren't healthy all year, but I, I thought he would be, you know, 
the leader among receivers, let's say that. But he still exceeded my expectations. He did a lot more, and the, and the Lions got a lot um, you know, more use out of him in different ways than I would have anticipated late in the season. You know, Defensively, I think Charles Harris was the guy that with zero expectation for him coming in, former first-round pick. And yet he, he, you know, led the Lions in sacks. And it wasn't just a, a hollowed number. I mean, he was their best pass rusher in defense, as you did see, you know, double team him at times to, to try to keep him away from the quarterback. So I think the Lions got some, um, you know, big contributions from guys who, you know, maybe they didn't expect it or who outperformed their draft spot, their, their, the free agent money they got, or, or maybe, you know, the undrafted guys too, a guy like Jerry Jacobs. So I like the, the development that we saw from, from those uh, groups. I, I do think, you know, pass rush is still an issue. You know, they, they still need some playmakers offensively, that passing game, you know, I'm, I, I sort of wrestle with it as to, to what to make of it because it was so bad the first half of the season. And, right. and obviously they, you know, they made some changes and Dan Campbell started calling plays and that seemed to have an impact the second half of the season. So, uh, you know, you'd like to think that, that some of the gains they made are real, but um, I guess I, I still need to, to make sure that when they come back next year, they're doing the same sort of thing. Well, let's, let's talk about 2022. And I've had many tussles with, with my producer, the great Stephen Jung. He's an objective Bears fan, if that's even a thing. And, you know, he says to me, because I, I kind of was saying, I thought Dan Campbell had a, you know, a passing grade in his first year, even with a 313-1 record. But that, you know, his point was that you can't be, you know, in a rebuild and feel good about it unless you have a quarterback. And I think that it's pretty obvious that Jared Goff is unlikely to be in the future. And I'm fine with that. We knew that, you know, when Stafford got traded, that it was the right move. It was tough for someone like me that was a big Stafford supporter. And now he's throwing a lot of picks for the Rams. But when you look at what, where this team is at going forward and what they'll do in the draft and, and, and looking at a quarterback in the future, can you say this was a successful first big rebuild year with the fact the Lions probably don't have that franchise quarterback right now? Well, you know, I, I think there's there's two separate issues there, questions there, right? Like, you can rebuild and not have the right quarterback, and, you know, you can be certainly taking positive steps in the right direction, but I don't think you can get to where you truly want to be, you know, being a, a perennial Super Bowl contender without having that right quarterback. So, yes, you can take steps in the right direction. I do think the Lions took steps in the right direction, but, um, you know, they, they still, in my eyes, too, they still need to solve that quarterback position to be the – you know, that the type of team that, that everyone wants, right. To be a Packers, to be a Chiefs, uh, a, right. a Steelers. Right. And, and so, you know, look, I, I think Jared played well and I've said all along, right. He, he wasn't the, an Owen, you know, 17 type quarterback, you know, and he's probably, he's not a three and 13 type quarterback either. You can win some games with them. I just don't know if you can cons consistently win big in the NFL. And, you know, people have, I've caught some flack from people for saying that, but then you just go back and you look at, you know, the, the Super Bowl winners, it's, uh, 44 of 55 Super Bowl teams have had what I would term a, a Hall of Fame quarterback on their roster, right? Not all those guys are in yet. Some of those Tom Brady, you know, Pey uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, right? Those guys aren't in yet, but but they're certainly, you would think that they're they're going to be there or trending towards being there. So the vast majority of Super Bowl winners, you know, that's the kind of guy that you need leading your team. And the teams that didn't have that, you know, they had a Lawrence Taylor or they had a you know, a, uh, a Ray Lewis or, you know, yeah. they had some sort of transformational defensive player. So the Lions don't have that. Uh, and that's why, you know, again, I, I think they need to find that, that quarterback that's going to lead them to the promised land. That's a great, that's a great point you make. Now, I mean, this will be an unfair question, but you're the best at this. You can answer it. Uh, let's say Neil or someone else goes first in the draft. The Lions have their choice of Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. I'm, I'm talking pre-combine, pre-everything. If you were making the pick, who do you think you would pick right now? Would it be Hutch or would it be Thibodeau? That's a toss-up. I don't know. I mean, you know, I think, you know, Thibodeau seems to have a little bit higher ceiling. Hutchinson seems to fit, you know, a lot of what the Lions want, and he's a very good player. I mean, if I was guessing what the Lions would do right now, if I was doing a mock draft here on, you know, January 11th or whatever it is, um, I would give the Lions Hutchinson, I think. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think it's splitting hairs between those two pass rushers for right now. And, and I think they're probably going to end up going, you know, two, three, or let's just say in the top five of the draft to be safe. And so I, I think they'll make teams happy. And, you know, Dan, the thing with both of those guys is neither one is considered like a, a Miles Garrett type, right? That I, I talked about those, those, you know, you know, transformational defensive players, the Lawrence Taylors and the Roy right, Lewis. Lewis, like neither one of those guys is considered like that. That doesn't mean they can't be that, but you know, that, that's sort of the lot the Lions are into that picking at the top of the draft. Maybe there's not that Chase Young or Miles Garrett type 
player out there. So what for you over the next little while before the draft, what do you, I mean, you obviously you're working your butt off always, but you know, a little bit of a respite because the lines are, you know, the season's over. What are you going to be working on at freep.com? And of course, follow Dave on Twitter at Dave Burkett. What's the big stuff that Lions fans should be looking at to, to get from you and also in general over the next couple of months? Diagramming new plays for my girls basketball team. You knew that was coming. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, I got, I got to do, I got to knock out my end of season grades for this weekend. That'll be coming up. I was just rewatching the, uh, uh, a little bit of the the last game this past week, I do a sack chart, so just making sure I have everything up to date to uh, to make sure I know who to assign blame for and who to give credit for 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 both teams. Um, other than that, Dan, the Senior Bowl is a couple weeks away. I mean, the Lions are it's a it's a completely different offseason than last year. Obviously, no coach change, no GM right. change, no quarterback change. So a lot quieter for me right now. But the Lions are coaching in the Senior Bowl, so I talked to uh, Jim Nagy earlier today uh, just to get some. Uh, you know, some insight on all the quarterbacks that are going to be in the senior bowl. So wrote that for, for tomorrow. It's definitely an advantage. I mean, I think, what is this? The, is this the third time in like, in like seven, eight years of lines have coached the senior bowl? Something like that. Uh, fourth time in 11 seasons, fifth time since uh, like 2001. And they've had three playoff appearances and five times coaching the senior bowl since the turn of the century, essentially. So I guess it's not really working, but maybe this time it right. will go to the Senior Bowl. <laughs> Dave, before I let you go, you mentioned the daughter diagramming plays for the, the daughter. I know the son is a – isn't he like a world-renowned track star? Well, how are the children doing? Because these you've raised some champions. You might – I don't know. I can hear my son, but the pitter-patter of feet behind me out there in the hallway. So you might be able to hear him in the background. Yeah, no, it's just uh... – you know, my offseason is, is uh, very much, uh, you know, kid-centric and coaching both their basketball teams. And, you know, Jack, my son, has a, a bunch of different sports going on right now. So, uh, you know, it's, it's shuttling those guys around to that and, and squeezing a little bit of football in there when I can. I love it, David. And when it gets a little warmer, i got to come back over for that barbecue soccer game we've been trying to get done on our baseball <laughs> right. card show. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you, you're always the best. Thanks so much for your time. Please follow Dave's work. At Dave Burkett on Twitter, of course, and at uh, Freep.com and the, the regular Free Press. Dave, I uh, appreciate the time as always, my man. You got it, man. Anytime. All right, there he is, Dave Burkett, Lions beat writer. More to come here on the Detroit CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. Now, it was a huge welcome for Dave Burkett, one of my, my faves in the business, but it's even a bigger welcome for one of the, the titans in the industry. The only reason that I sound good, my fabled and fine producer, Stephen Jung from Parts Unknown, Chicago, and Planet Earth. Steven, it's always whatever because you and I have such great back and forth off the air. Whenever we get to do it on the air, it's even better. We we've had this great, you know, we've already done two parts of the sixty part series. Steven's stupid ideas to save sports. We have more of those coming up. But today we thought we'd have some fun with this because so you're in Chicago. You are what they would call an objective Bears fan, if that's even a thing. Like I said to Dave, when it comes to the Lions and the NFC North, and actually I think you don't even like the Bears, but you're a Bears fan. And, and we thought we could just talk about what you and I have talked about recently as far as the Lions and, you know, kind of what I discussed with Dave Burkett, which we'll get to in a minute here, looking back on the season, the Dan Campbell stuff, we've done that approval poll all weekend, you know, all season long. It's 87% the last, uh, you know, poll we did about Dan Campbell's job approval for, for year one. But you've made a very important point, at least you think it is, and I want to let you make it here about the Lions and what they don't have and why you think that maybe that means they can't really be looking at a first rebuild season as a success possibly. Yeah, I guess my point, and, and by the way, thank you for all of those backhanded compliments. You know, you, you did a great job just like leading me into this, into this position that I'm in right now. So the audience completely thinks I'm an irrelevant voice at this moment. So I, I they love you. It. They know you're the best. Great, great, great. Okay. So my point is, um, if you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing in this league. So I don't know how you can be so optimistic just because your players played hard for 17 games. Like, that makes no sense to me. The Bears play hard. Uh, the Jets played hard all season. Not as hard as the Lions. The Jags played hard. Not as hard as the Lions. 
Great. And what did it get you? A high draft pick. They were in a rebuild. All right. Well, let's let's go back to this. And, and I know you. I know you respect the objectivity of a guy like Dave Burkett, who we've had on before. And and he really, we have a lot of great beat writers in Detroit. But he, in my opinion, is the best and has done it for a really long time. And and I brought this question up to him about you. You know, feeling this way about not having that quarterback. And he said, "Listen, there's two parts of it. Obviously, you know, you don't necessarily have to have the quarterback now, but it's about what you're doing moving forward. This is a guy that, that covers the team day in and day out." And he was basically saying, yeah, you need to know what your quarterback's going to be eventually, but you don't have to have a successful first year of a rebuild without having a franchise quarterback. Do you think that he is wrong on that? Or do you understand that my point, and, and I want to give you a chance to respond to my point as well. I'm not trying to say the Lions were gangbusters this year. I mean, even Dave brought it up. They're 3-13-1. But they've completely torn down the team. They traded their franchise quarterback. They had a lack of talent everywhere, especially at wide receiver. Luckily, they had a guy like Amon Ray St. Brown uh, Ross A. Brown come out at the end or the last part of the season. Hawkinson's hurt. Swift's hurt. Okuda was out for the season. They had, you know, inferior talent everywhere. And yet we're in, I would say, 80 plus percent of their games. I get your point about not having a franchise quarterback like you think Justin Strawberry Fields is, who we don't know if he is at all anymore or yet. But I still think you can't say the Lions were not moving forward by not having a franchise quarterback in year one of a rebuild. You don't know if you're moving forward. This is all based on hope and things that you can't track right now. This is you know hope springs eternal, right? But this is all based on your feeling. You you can't point me in any objective data-driven analysis saying the lines are moving forward because everything that you're talking about is anecdotal. Everything's emotional at this point. Like they played. It's hard. not all emotional. What isn't? I, I when I've made my points and you, you hear this show every day because it really changes your I life. And you to. told me. Yeah, you've told me many times this show has definitely made you, you know your your ability to live better um, and more more just a you know just ingrained in, in freedom and enjoy. You're saying a lot of words right now, Dan. You are saying yeah. a lot of words. But so listen, you've heard me say this, and, and I understand what you're saying about anecdotal evidence and, and feeling and emotion. I'm a very emotional guy, and that's part of my chart. That's why I'm still waiting for the data driven analysis that you were. I'm not. I, I don't need data driven analysis, but this is my point, S man, is that. Let me just ask you this first. Okay, I'm still How waiting for you... the data-driven analysis, by the way. I'm not going to let you go on that one. Not everything is data-driven. Data-driven analysis is they were in 80% of their games, and they played above their heads metrically, and they had guys that had great seasons. But listen, how would you encapsulate, as, as a Bears fan, because you're obviously objective when it comes to the Lions, you're not sucked in like me or anybody else. Even a guy like Dave Kennedy does a great job being objective, covers the team day in and day out, and has relationships with the guys that run the team, or the Brad Holmes and the, the Dan Campbells, etc. How would you, as a Bears fan outside of Detroit, look at what the Lions did in 2021? And before you answer that, let me just give you one caveat. I think the Lions, by far... This is nothing, not a, not a slight against you or any Chicago Bears fan. Had a better year than the Bears because the Bears were looked at as being a much better team, a possible playoff team, and the Bears were failures. How would you look at the Lions compared Who to that? Who the hell had the Bears in the playoffs? Oh, I, had a, I saw a lot of people have the Bears Who? in the playoffs. I don't know. I, I can't Again, name give me those I don't know. data. John Fitzgibbons on, on Rodeo Drive. I, I don't have specific people, but I know there were people that I read throughout you know the preseason. Who? People on Yahoo and CBS. I had people that had the Bears in the playoffs. I saw people that had the Bears winning the division. Who? Who? Oh, because they thought Rodgers wasn't going to play. But once Rodgers came back, who had the Bears in the playoffs? All right, answer the question. We'll get to the, the semantics later. Oh, so what's the question again? Because, the, sorry, sorry the, it's a shot. Who had the Bears in the playoffs? The question anyway. is, how great is it to work with me on a day-in, day-out basis? No. How do you encapsulate the Lions 2021 season from your perspective of not being a Lions fan and being a fan of a fellow team in the division that, in my opinion, failed compared to what the Lions did based on what the Bears were supposed to be? I think both teams had equal, both teams played exactly up to the level of their talent, in my estimation. The Bears had, what would you call Andy Dalton, the 40th, the best quarterback in the NFL? 44th. Okay. So they had him for a bunch of games, and they had an incompetent coaching staff leading a rookie quarterback where they clearly didn't have a plan for him, right? So all of those things encapsulated a 6-11 and season for the Bears, plus the Bears had one of the hardest schedules in the NFL as well. Um, so the they Lions actually, did too. Right. The Lions won three games, and they were they fought hard for a couple of games. but in the bottom, Don't forget about the tie. They tied a game as well. Great. You tied Mason Rudolph. Congratulations. They tied a playoff team. And they beat a couple playoff teams. Dan, you're really going to call the Steelers starting Mason Rudolph a playoff team? 
<laughs> no, but okay. it was on the road. Next question. Next question. Um, anyway, right. also, um, so the Lions this year, and I'm looking at it right now, they finished with the third worst point differential in the NFC. You were ahead of the great New York Giants football team, which was starting Jake Fromm in the last game of the season. Jake Fromm was good at Georgia. Was he? Yeah, I thought he was all right. Remember, Georgia picked him over Justin Fields. I know. Yeah, you thought Jake Fromm was good at Georgia. I think this is another one of your things where you're being biased towards the Lions. You're like, Jake Fromm was good at Georgia. So? (laughs) That wasn't even a point. I was just saying that as for fun. So uh, I I thought both teams basically had equally disappointing seasons. The Lions were 13-1. How about this? Let me ask you the question we've been posing to our great listeners. And this is great. I want to hear your answer being a still Bears fan. Waiting a for, still waiting for the data-driven analysis. Of the well, Lions you, you're, 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 you're like one of these like right-wing or left-wing media talking heads that's trying to like bait someone. Or what, what is it? Gotcha. Gotcha media. I'm not baiting anything. I'm not giving you data-driven points. It. I told you they played They played great against 80-plus percent of their schedule. They beat playoff teams. They should have beaten the Ravens, who were almost a playoff team. You know, they they had a lead on Green Bay at at the half on the road on Monday Night Football. They had no talent. They had inferior talent. They had injuries everywhere. The Lions played over their heads. Yeah, I I know they were 313-1. Can I counter that? Can I counter that? Well, let me finish my point. No, no, no. I'm going to counter exactly the point that you make. Hey, whose show is this? Yours or mine? I can flip this as easily as you want to the Bears. The Bears, the first game against the Packers, they were in it for three quarters. So they were playing the Packers Yeah, that was the first game. Yeah, they played the Packers tough. No, that was was like the eighth game of the season, the first time they played the Packers. Um, Oh, no, the the Bears' first game of the year, did they upset Pittsburgh? No, the Bears' first game of the year, they lost to the Rams on Sunday Night Football. Oh, Um, that's right. Okay. No, the first time they played the Packers, they they were in it. You know, they they played them really close. And at that point of the season, the Bears were let's see, three and four after the Packers lost. So not bad, right? Um, against the 49ers, I think they had the lead going into the fourth quarter, so they could have won that game. Um, against the Steelers, they had the lead uh, until the Steelers kicked the game-winning field goal in the final drive, so they could have won that game against the Ravens. And because you used the Steelers as a playoff team with Mason Rudolph. I'm going to count the Ravens' loss as a good loss, even though the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson, right? That makes sense, right? Apples to apples. Maybe. Um, Sunday Night Football at the Packers. I think the Bears were only down like three at halftime to them um, in that game. So is there a point in all this? So they they played – no, I'm just saying. So you're saying that the Lions had a great season because they were close in a lot of games. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't say the Lions had a great season. The Lions had a good season because they were close in a lot of games. I'm, I'm giving you all this stuff. The Bears were competitive. They were. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not saying they were, but you're going backwards. I'm not. I didn't say the Lions had a great season. I've said that the Lions, based on what they were trying to do, which is tear everything down, brand new coaching staff, obviously getting rid of their franchise quarterback, who I was a huge fan of and still am a fan of, and believe that he was not the issue in Detroit. Obviously, he had his moments, and he's had his moments for the Rams this year. For all you could expect in the first year, getting away from the disgusting, evil, cancerous culture of the Matt Patricia era. You know, the, the the guys enjoying each other's company, playing their asses off for Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell himself just being this passionate guy who, yeah, at times makes some boneheaded calls, but a lot of times, like the Packers gave at the end of the year when he took over the play calling duties for Anthony Lynn, but he called a beautiful game. I think the Lions had a successful season based on what the goals are to move them forward. But I want to ask you this question again. As a as an outsider, you know, objective Bears fan, what would you vote on the poll we put up every week on the approval rating, whether disapprove or approve, Dan Campbell's job as head coach for the Lions now as we look back for the entire season? Would you have voted disapprove or approve? That's an interesting question. Um, I thought Dan Campbell was the wrong hire. I, I thought he was okay. a bad hire, and this year didn't change my opinion that he's going to be Why did you think he was a bad hire? Tell the people. Well, I think he has oatmeal for brains. Like, for, for, for me, the higher... Where's your data-driven analysis on that? You got some stats on oatmeal for brains? Well, I mean, he hired Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator. That was, like, Anthony Lynn had a... He also hired Aaron Glenn, who's getting head coaching looks. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I, I thought he, he was... He's a, allowed to make a mistake in his first ever I thought, true head I thought coaching Anthony job. I thought was, was, was a bad hire. I thought that was a hire that, like, they, they knew that he was going to win press conferences <laughs> and get the Lions some much-needed national good attention. And so that's what I think the, the move was. Um, he wasn't Brad Holmes' hire, correct? I know. He was there first. Okay. So he's probably... I mean, he's on the hot seat next year then, quite frankly. I mean, I'm, I'm just letting you know that because he 
he wasn't his hire, right? He'll he'll be on the hot seat if the team gets worse. If they improve, especially if they improve by winning six or seven games, you can see the growth of this team. He will not be in the hot seat. But yeah, if the Lions go three and 14 or they win one or two games next year and he starts making more and more boneheaded moves like he did at times this year and then obviously but I, I like how you're qualifying it with he made boneheaded moves at times but, and I think but you're allowed to make boneheaded but, moves but in your first head coaching job if you, you learn like from them but I think you're saying that because you like him let me ask you a question I, I didn't say I like him yet I think that he could be a good coach do you there's not no way to like know. Dan Campbell I like Dan Campbell okay. but there's no next way to know if he's a good coach my next question Right. In the history I know of was your the show. NFL, do you recall a coach that has gone from being bad at game and clock management, which we've seen Dan Campbell be bad at that, right? Yeah. Do you? Ha- what's the last coach that you can remember that has gone bad at game and clock management? I don't know. Bill Belichick be with the Browns. Great or being good at those. I don't know. Bill Belichick with the Browns. I don't know. Uh, Jim Fossil with the Giants. But you're Did he not, wouldn't you're, go you're, to a Super Bowl? You're, you're, you're not just. You're, I think you're just throwing the names out there. No, I'm not. This, this is see, to me. You, listen, while you make a lot of fair and reasonable points as an objective fan, not a Lions fan, now you're being silly. You're trying to tell me that Bill Parcells, Don Shula, Tom Landry, Chuck Knoll, Chuck Knox. Tom Flores, all these other coaches never made mistakes early on in their tenures what I'm of saying. being a head coach not and didn't prove upon those? Not what I'm saying. I'm saying it. I doubt for any of those, co- I mean, like 90% of the coaches you mentioned coached before I was born, so I apologize for that. That doesn't mean anything, but, you data-driven analysis p- What I'm whiz. saying is I've never recalled, at least in modern history, a coach that goes from having their weaknesses being game and clock management. Hey, Andy Reid had some clock management issues in Philly, and he got better. To those things being their strengths. Andy hey, also, you know who else did? Joe Gibbs had issues early in his tenure in Washington. I remember that before they started getting really good. My whole point is, and listen, we're not going to nitpick on, you know, December 7th, 1993 and how that game went. My point is, is that Dan Campbell has never been a full head coach before. He was an interim in Miami. This is his team. He was hired first. I think that it's crazy to say that a guy can have some bugaboos in his first ever year with this inferior talent-based team and then not improve upon those, which he did at times even this season. I know he went for a fourth down seemingly every you know other play, every other fourth down opportunity. That, 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 those were almost all the right decisions to go for it on fourth down. Yes, I, I agree. Some of them weren't, though. Sometimes when he kicked field goals, he should have gone for it, etc., vice versa. But my point is, is that to say that this guy cannot learn from his mistakes after a, a team that was in a total rebuild and literally fought and, and almost won maybe double the games they did and we're playing well against playoff teams, that he can't improve upon that with a better roster as Brad Holmes builds it for him. That, to me, is nutso. But you made a good point, though. Name me He's... a coach. Name me a coach where... And Andy Reid, fine. If you, if you tell I me I just that, named you three coaches. If you tell me that the Lions get the next Patrick Mahomes, guess that Dan Campbell is going to look like a much better coach. Yeah, here we go with the quarterback thing. I get the NFL. You, and Dave Burkett mentioned, what was it, 45 of the 55 teams... Had a Hall of Fame type quarterback. I get it, man. But the Lions don't have to be not looked at as moving forward because they don't have a franchise quarterback yet. What if they are able to continue to move forward, you know, based on identifying players that could be on this roster in the next two, three years? I think only 20% will be around maybe in, in two or three years from now. And they find that quarterback, maybe even in this draft. What if they find a diamond in the rough in the third, fourth, fifth round? What if they end up trading for someone like Aaron Rodgers, which I'm, I mean, I'm kidding. But my point is, is that. If they get, if you have a house and you take care of, you know, the trash and you do the dishes and you do the laundry and you vacuum and let's say you forgot to replace a light bulb, you're telling me that you can't do all the other things, have your house in great order and then replace that light bulb and be really good. Well, a quarterback's a little bit more important than a light bulb. This I knew is, you were going to say that. This, all right, fine, fine. The laundry. Is, I, I have a better analogy. When you compare, because you, you're going to want to compare the Bears and the Lions, right? Because you, you think the Lions are in much better condition right now. I think the Lions are, are in better shape for the future than the Bears are, yes. Um, this is the analogy, okay? You and I are both starving and it's dinner and every place is closed because, well, let, let's say it's past dinner. Let's say it's 2 a.m. Everywhere is closed, right? And we're both starving. I have made a dinner. You have not. So you have nothing to eat. I have something to eat. How can I not make a dinner because you don't have a coach or a GM? I do. Listen. I have listen, a dinner. Listen. 
I have a dinner. You don't because you didn't prepare any food and, and you have nothing in front of you. I have food in front of me. But I can I DoorDash. Listen, listen, just, just listen to what I'm saying. In that current state, I don't know whether my dinner tastes good or bad. But I have dinner. I have potential right. to be full fair, and fair satisfied. Enough. You don't in that capacity because you don't right, have but, anything but, in front but, of you. But you're, you're missing this. So I can just you, DoorDash. You're, you're going to have to get in ingredients. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to go through the entire process that I was already prepared with. Right? right, but what if I just Uber Eats and get a great sushi meal that ends up turning out to be great? I said everyone was closed. Not Uber Eats. They're always open. Okay, fine. So you're, so the Lions are, are Uber Eats. <laughs> and the Bears potentially have a the, great the steak dinner. The Bears potentially are... Right? Are what? Have a great steak dinner already on their plate, right? Potentially, but it could also be Limburger cheese. Right, but I'm saying, do you not understand my analogy? I, I totally get it, but you're you you're not don't. understanding my analogy. So, so which one would you rather have? Would you rather have no dinner or have a dinner? Well, you know I'm a big great unknown guy. It's all almost like Tom Petty's Into the Great Wide Open. I'm a, I like to. But you that's know, why you're a Lions fan. That's why Lions like th this is why. I'm this kidding. Of course, I'd rather have a steak, possible steak dinner. But how about this? Let's flip it on its head. Fair point on that. Everything's closed. But let's say all of a sudden. I'm really hungry. You've got your potential either steak dinner or, you know, filled with rats and, and garbage. But let's say all of a sudden I get an alert on my phone. Oh, my God. Ruth Chris is open. And I can order Ruth Chris. And it's at my door. And I'm tasting it. And it's brilliant. So you're that's saying, the point. So that you're saying, but that's what you need to find, right? And for you, you're saying, well, what if I saw an alert on my phone? I'm saying I have mine in front of me right now. So my potential is here in front of me. And I wouldn't say that you have the... I wouldn't say a Ruth Chris is waiting for the Lions right now, right? It's possible. You said your dinner something. could be a steak dinner. I'm saying the potential that my dinner tastes good. All I right. Think, I think my analogy makes plenty of sense. The Bears have a potential quarterback in place for their organization, right? And the Lions do too. They just don't know who it is yet. Wait, <laughs> what? So you're saying the Lions have their potential quarterback. They just don't know. Who oh, yeah. Is. He's out there. He's out there. They just got to find him. Okay, you're really reaching for. I mean, like, so who's in the better quarterback situation right now? Bears. Oh, the, the Bears are, but okay. at least Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl. Okay, can we go back to that point that you keep making? They were in the Super Bowl because of that blown call in New Orleans, right? So they. Oh, they, you can't get to a Super Bowl by happenstance. Okay, but one of the worst calls in NFL history, right? Right, but he was also the youngest quarterback to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, over under zero and a half more Super Bowls in Jared Goff's career. I don't know. The way it's looking now, I'll probably go under. All right, listen. We could do this all day, and we're going to do it many times in the future. No, 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 no. no I, I, I'm not done. You're just skating. Once again, this is my show, not your no, show. No, 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 no. You're skate. I'm doing producer work right now. You are skating past the quarterback thing like it's nothing. I am not. Listen, I'm a great figure skater, by the way. My mom, when I was young at seven years old, I, know. I was a great hockey skater. She wouldn't let me play, though. I know. Trust me. I, 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 I hear your opinions. You like to make people happy. <laughs> Everyone loves me. That's the whole point. All right, fine. But listen, I, I want to put a bow on this soon, but I'm not skating over the quarterback thing. I understand the lines don't. And Jared Goff, as I said, when he was traded for Stafford, it was not likening Jerry Goff to a pair of aces, but I'm a poker guy, as you know. And having Goff there for a couple of years could tutor someone. You could trade him. You could cut him. He could turn out to be good. You trust Jared Goff to tutor your next franchise quarterback? I'm just saying they were in an advantageous position with what are options. Now? You're, you're talking now, about now Jared Goff, we know, isn't that great. But listen, he did play decent down the road. Down the road. Oh, down oh, the stretch. Talk yourself he... into Jared Goff being your... No, no, no I'm not. No, hold on. Hold on. I'm not talking myself into Jared Goff. What I'm saying is, is that it wasn't like Jared Goff was, I mean, he can't throw the ball that far down the field, but it wasn't like he's going to be fine for now. Yeah, yeah. The Lions Jared, are going to identify the guy for the future. He's fine for now. In the NFL. That's, that's who he, he is. He's not the worst quarterback in the Jared NFL. Jared Goff is like every other backup quarterback in the NFL. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. If you look, there's no war in, in the NFL. There's no war in, in Jared football. Goff and Andy Dalton kind of, I mean, I think Jared Goff's a little bit better, but Goff's kind better. Watch. Hey, let me finish my point. Stop interrupting. There's no war in the NFL, like baseball, Woods of Replacement, but if there was, Jared Goff would be, obviously, or Andy Dalton, or you know, even a guy like Gardner Minshew and some other guys, they'd be so far below what the starter would be. Like, obviously, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers or 
Russell Wilson or, you know, Patty Mahomes, but even like the mid-level guys uh, in the NFL, they're so far below that because there's only about 10 great quarterbacks. Then there's a bunch of, you know, average to at times above average quarterbacks. Then there's the Goffs and the Daltons and the Minshews and the, you know, the Jake Fromms and the Mike Glennons and whoever else that are just so far below. Now, Goff's above those guys. He's somewhere in the porridge area in the middle. Not great, not bad, but just all right. He's terrible. He's not the future. We know that in Detroit now. And I don't think Brad Holmes is thinking that he's the future. So it's about identifying the quarterback through the draft, hopefully. Probably not this year, but next year. There's a much better class next year. And the Lions will probably have a top five pick again, which is not a problem. Then that's you. That's where you find your franchise quarterback. And and if that happens, and the Lions have another good year of growth as far as identifying players to move the team forward with and drafting some good players under Brad Holmes, then they will be further, way far ahead of the Bears. Because the Bears will have Justin Fields. Great. But the Lions will have all these other things. You have Dan, no coach. Dan, you, have, you have no GM in Chicago. Dan, and you have an unproven quarterback. If Justin Fields is good. If Justin Fields is good, the Bears are winning 10 games a year every single year. Or 10 games uh, a year every single year. Not next year. If he's good, he they're going to. This not is just, next year if he's good. You, I mean, I don't Dan, think this so. Is how the court, this is how the NFL works. Name a, name a good quarterback who lost a lot of games this year. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is not good anymore yes he's he's a hall of favor he's not good he's not right now he's not good I'm, I, I mean uh, he could have won a lot ben, more games Kyler Murray lost playoffs. a lot of games they this year made the playoffs I know but there's seven teams we know that's it's a little cheap they're nine and the seven. Steelers okay, barely got in name name a good quarterback who where their team lost a lot of games lost a lot of games yeah in, in 2021 yeah uh with that, our, our definition of good has to be Okay, I'll, um, I'll go through the I'll go through the playoff team. No, no, I'm thinking about it right now. Just give me a second. The Fred. only the only guy Trevor is Lawrence, Jimmy Garoppolo. No, because they're 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 the no. I'm saying kid. name a good quarterback. Russell Wilson, who lost a lot of he was hurt. Russell Wilson, he was hurt. He was hurt for a few weeks. Uh, like yeah, and they Kirk lost Cousins. all those games. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins. Is good. Yeah, he's good. They went eight. You know his nine. metrics are top five over the last three they years. They went eight and nine. That's a lot of games. He lost a lot of games. So I'm telling you, if Justin Fields is good, then it looks like the Bears are probably going to be a 10-win team if he's healthy. Yeah, for someone that hates the Bears so much, you seem to be really sucked into Justin Strawberry Fields. The guy's completely unproven. I I didn't say a thing. I, I just I, I didn't say a thing about whether he's going to be good or not. All right, we're, we're going to put a bow on this and table it for another day. We're going to obviously have many more of these discussions where I'm going to make you look silly I, I or you so, think you make so me you, look silly. You really think that the Lions are in better position even though you only gave me hypotheticals. You're like, All right, this is only, how we're going to end this. You only gave I've me if your young you, players get better, if Dan Campbell improves, if Brad Holmes drafts, if, 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 I'm offering you this wager, and I want you to come through on it. I think we did it for like five Bulgogi dinners or something. I will tell you right now. it right. Bulgogi. Bulgogi, you taught me. I think the Lions are going to be in the playoffs before the Bears are. Make the wager if you're so confident. I'll I'll make the wager because I think Justin Fields has a chance to be good. All right, fair enough. And I think you make fair points on both sides. But I personally think that the Lions will be in the playoffs before the Bears because the Lions have a direction right now. The Bears might have their quarterback, but the Bears have no coach, no GM. They've moved backwards the last several years. And I think the Lions are going to, with all these first-round draft picks, have a lot more talent over the next couple of years than the Bears will. And obviously, it's all based on free agency as well and, and, and drafting the right players. But I think the Lions will be in the playoffs for the Bears. And we'll I, do it for five Bulgogi dinners. I'll, um, I'll leave on, on this, potentially. Oh, I thought one, this was your show. You can leave whatever you want. There's one team in the NFL that has a terrific roster, right? But their quarterback situation was not good enough for them to make the playoffs this year. That's the Denver Broncos. Yes. Their roster has been, their roster's great, right? Except for the quarterback position. Yeah, Drew Locke sucks. The quarterback is the only thing that matters in this sport. All right. I'm not disagreeing. It is. And what if the Lions get their quarterback this year and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know what? The Bears do suck. Then the Lions are going to be fair game to be as good as any team in the NFL. But until my point is, Right now, they don't have a quarterback in their roster. And you said they're probably not going to have it this year, right? Well, they got Jared Goff. Okay, fine. Again, so the lines are going to suck until the end of time, until Jared Goff is no longer their quarterback. <laughs> All right, Steven. This was definitely enlightening, enriching, and scrumdiddly umptious. Uh, I do want to say this while you're on, because it's the truth. Steven does a hell of a job, works his butt off, and we, 
we love doing these shows and he's a big part of the reason they're they're so great. I mean, he's even more of a part of it than I am because he just makes me sound good. But no, great stuff by you, Stephen. We're going to have many more discussions like this. I can't wait to taste those exquisite five Bulgogi dinners. And how about this uh, last parting shot for you? Bears record in 2022, Lions record in 2022. Uh, Bears record, I mean, can I assume 17 games from Justin Fields or no? No, you can. You can. Uh, if I'm if I'm getting 17 games from Justin Fields, I think the Bears go seven and ten next All year. Right. And if the Lions have golf next year, which they likely will, then they'll the go have? 0 16 and one. <laughs> no, no, seriously, um, I think they'll they'll go four four and thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Four twelve and one. Four four and thirteen. Four eleven and two. I mean, if if we want to be, they'll go undefeated four zero and thirteen. Dan, <laughs> better, better, better. Great job by you. Thank you very much, Stephen. And you do do a hell of a job in all seriousness on this show. Thanks to Dave Burkett as well. Please follow him on Twitter at Dave Burkett and check out his work at Freep.com. We've got uh, all the NFL Super Wildcard Weekend playoff games to pick coming up tomorrow on the Football Friday Show. Until then, for the great Stephen Jung and Dave Burkett. I'm Dan Leach. Keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Squatch, Young, Burkett, out. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.